Hello and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip? Innovations that change everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible and ultimately pushed them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation from marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything. I'm Jeff, and once again, I have the privilege of talking to amazing people who are truly innovating in their particular entrepreneurial space, and we get to hear their stories. Now, today's guest has over three decades of experience in the C-suite, having founded her own marketing and advertising company back in 1990, and has watched and observed as the media world has changed over the years. And she has a keen insight into the importance of creating a lasting brand. Here to share her insights with us is founder and CEO of Sunny 505, Joni Griffin. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We are grateful that you're taking this time and you're out there in in sunny Albuquerque, New Mexico. (laughs) Yes, I am. That's fantastic. We were just chatting before the show. My Zoom background is actually uh, from the Sandia Mountains right outside of Albuquerque looking down. Well, it looks... It looks amazing. I'm quite jealous right now sitting in the snow, but uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, So tell us a little bit about Sunny 505, kind of an overhead view. What do you guys do there? So we are a full service communications firm, which means we do everything involved with helping businesses, nonprofits, and government agencies get their message out. Mm. So branding, creating logos, creating websites, creating marketing collateral, creating advertisements, social media, public relations, special events, when we can do those again. So, you know, (laughs) anything and everything that organizations need to keep their name out with their various uh, publics that they're trying to reach. All right. And you guys, as I said in the intro, you guys have been doing this for a very long time. Yeah. Um, And so I feel like you guys, you've seen this mark, the market change and how we market. I mean, just even from 1990 to kind of the digital way we do it now, is very different. So I'd really like to go back even further, just a little bit before you started okay. the business. Tell me a little bit about what you were doing uh, before you decided to kind of set out on your own company. So I was the marketing director for the largest law firm in New Mexico at that time. And what happened was it was the uh, Christmas of 1990 and I was let go. Um, the law firm had settled their largest client and all of a sudden realized they were going to not have a million dollars in fees coming in every month. So they literally got rid of everybody that was a non-billable entity in the firm. So that was my wow. that year. Yeah. Um, actually, it was Christmas of 89. So it was... It was because I started it in January of 1990. So um, what I did was I went to Club Med back then, and <laughs> sat on the beach for two weeks and tried to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And it was the only time I've ever been let go. And I thought, I, I just can't deal with that again. It was, it was a really rough blow to the ego. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have lost jobs. And so I decided to go out and start my own thing so that I could never be fired again. That's really how the whole thing started. And at the time, I decided to just be a one-woman consulting firm. And this is funny when you talk about the world then to the world today. Okay. So the world then um, did not have digital. 
mm-hmm. did not have the internet at that point. And really how you communicated largely was with direct mail. Wow. So I um, came back from Club Med. It was the Eleuthera one in the Bahamas. And I created a little postcard um, and said I was starting my own business and um, happy to help. And I sent it out to the 300 people that I knew. And five of them responded. And that was how I started. Wow. So five out of... So funny when I think about time back then, you know, I had a, I, so this is the other funny thing. Some of your audience probably can't even remember this, but um, I had what they called an IBM clone computer and it had had 256K of memory (laughs) and I would turn it on in the morning and it would take about five minutes to warm up. And while it was doing that, I would go make a pot of coffee and that was when you had secretaries that took handwritten messages on these little pink slips of paper. And I would go through the pink slips of paper and open my mail and do all that while my computer was warming up. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now you just pull the phone out of your pocket and check it's the mail crazy. to see what's you know, going my, on. My phone is more powerful than what the computers were back then. I mean, it's, yeah. it's great. When I, when I talk to my kids about it, they're like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm with you. I'm right there with you. I was, I was actually just uh, starting college in 1990 and we, I was working on computers and doing stuff like that. It was just a very different world, but uh, tell so me a little. Here's another funny story. So before, sure. my first job out of college, which was 1980, I was a newspaper reporter in Phoenix and we, uh, the reporters, we typed on typewriters. They were IBM selectrics and they spit out this ticker tape that mm-hmm. went into the back, which printed out, V-locks, and we literally you cut and pasted the newspaper together with an exacto knife. That is where the term cut and paste comes from. That's how yeah, we yeah. put the newspaper together. I was the features editor. And in 1981, we got our first computer, which was this, you know, behemoth thing. And I'll never forget the managing editor said, There is no way this is gonna last. This is not how you put together a newspaper. A newspaper has to be cut and pasted, it is not done on a computer. So yeah. famous last words, <laughs> <laughs> especially now, right? Yeah, even the yeah. even the newspapers are are almost comp- entirely online themselves. Yes. It's, yeah, it's yeah. crazy how things it have is. changed. So it's yeah. I mean, the world has moved in incredibly um, fast paces and getting faster all the time. It's what yeah. I think makes our business so exciting is it's never stagnant. I mean, what we even did a month ago isn't the same thing we're doing today. And the pandemic, which I'm sure we'll talk about, um, shifted our entire way of doing business and not anything that anybody predicted, not anything they taught me in journalism school. You know, yeah. here we are, we're all, we're all in this together, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the other, that's a good, I mean, you've got 30 years of experience as, as an executive of, of, you know, running your own company. Uh, when you first started that in 1990, tell me uh, kind of what some of the obstacles you ran into as far as like trying to get things going. It's, I mean, you just said that you had, you sent out 300 and you only got five responses. That's actually, that was actually really, really good. Sure. So sure. Look at that. That's what three and a half percent, right? Yeah. Well, that, so, yeah, that um, is. I mean, normally direct mail gets between a quarter of a percent and 2%. So that I was like, woohoo, look at me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so and um, now, the how many of the- Go ahead. I was going to say, how many of those did you convert then into, into clients? All five of them. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was pretty funny. So um, that's how I started. I had no desire to have employees. And it's funny now because I'm grooming my partner to take over the firm when I retire. And she interviewed me um, probably about six months ago. And her question was, if you could do it all again, what would you do differently? Yeah. And I said, you're not going to like my answer. And she goes, well, try me. And I said, I would have no employees. 
I would have oh stayed gosh. a solo practitioner. I mean, on one hand, I think I would have made a lot more money and had a lot less headaches. But, you know, and I, and I remember the day I, I decided to hire my first employee, which was about four months after. So it was about April of 1990. And it was like, okay, I can't do this all myself. So I either need to scale it back and just be me, or I need to go this other road and start hiring employees. And, and what I've learned over the years is there's not a right and a wrong road. It's just, you know, one takes you one direction and one takes you the other. So yeah, anyway, I don't know that I really don't want to have employees, but it's just funny. So that was probably the hardest thing in the beginning was trying to juggle it all because every client has different needs. Yeah. And so for instance, the first client was a financial planner, a guy named Chip Stone, who I still run into from time to time. He's like, oh my God, I was your first client. I'm like, you were. <laughs> and, um, and back then, financial planners didn't have the kind of scrutiny that they have today with compliance. So they had some autonomy to be able to create their own marketing pieces. And so I created pieces for him, but you know, I, I was a writer. So my degree is in journalism. I'm not a graphic designer. So I would write it and kind of map it out, you know, and then hand it to him and say, here you go. Go, go get a designer and go get it printed. And slowly what ended up happening was like, I don't want to deal with this. Can't you deal with it? And I'm like, okay. Sure. So I started hiring freelance graphic artists. And I'm like, here you go. Go get it printed. Go to Alpha Graphics. I mean, that's what you did back then. And he's like, can't you just do that? So one thing led to another, led to another, led to <laughs> another. And that's how we became full service and doing the, the whole gamut of marketing. And now how long was, how long of a period of time before you uh, kind of had a full staff like that? Oh, let's see. So the, fir the first employee was another kind of account person. I used freelancers for quite a bit till it got to the point that I was paying freelancers more than I would pay an employee. So I'd say yeah. probably about four years. And then I switched to starting having more employees and less, less contract labor. Although now it's kind of switched the other way. So we have 15 people and I've kind of put the brakes on. And especially with the pandemic and so much uncertainty, I'd rather mm. have freelance talent then have the overhead that goes with having an employee. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some ways that you guys had to like, and this is, I mean, this is 30 years to think about, but um, <laughs> obviously as we, as we said, the times changed, the technology changed. How did you guys innovate over the last 30 years to kind of right. stay ahead of the competition? Um. Well, the big thing is technology. And I know that you're a technology firm. I, I, again, when I think back, I remember when I bought my first, it was, I, I'm not even sure what model it was. It was an, a Macintosh. That's what we called them back then instead of Apple laptop and it weighed eight pounds mm. and it cost $7,000. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I look at the state of the art equipment that we have now, it's just crazy. So I think the big shift for us over the years has been adding staff so we could do everything internally and not require um, external support. So, so we have in-house videographers and photographers. That's a big, big change. So when I think back to the beginning, um, you would hire a professional photographer to go out and shoot everything. And I, and I think more and more um, people are using stock photos for a lot of things. And, we, and, and again, the equipment has gotten so inexpensive. It's easier for me to do it in-house and costs us a lot less than having to, to outsource it. So those have been some changes. And automating everything. I mean, that's the other thing. So um, at Sunny 505, I've always had everybody set up with a home office because in marketing, we can be kind of loud. And sometimes you just need to have some time to think, mm. especially if you're editing a video or if you're working on a website, you can't have all the noise that we marketers tend to have around us. So I've always paid for everybody to have home computers and access to high-speed internet. So when the pandemic hit, 
and, and we needed to shut down. I mean, it was literally an email starting Monday, we're working from home and there was no ramp up time. So that's been the, the big difference, I think, is the investment in technology. Yeah. What has customer retention like been for you as far as the cut, um, the last, you know, three, three decades have, uh, have some of the you know, you see clients come and go, do some of them stick around and, and what's the key to kind of maintain? I that? do have, I have two clients that have been with me since the beginning, which is wild. So, yeah. um, that's a rare, that's a rare bird. So two out of, you know, I, I would say in any given time, we're probably working on 50 different client projects. And, and some clients will just hire us for a project. Some clients will hire us for a year. Some clients will put us on an ongoing monthly retainer. So it really, really uh, varies. Sure. But we pride ourselves in always producing results for our clients and setting up very clear key performance indicators and measures so we know what is it, how do we know we've won. And that's something I've had to work with our clients on because like, for instance, let's say in the PR world, they'll say, well, we want everybody to know about our company. Okay, well, how do we measure that? Yeah, you yeah. Know, is it, is it going to be because we're going to have a national news story? We're going to have um, people talking about the, you know, people coming into your business, you know, having read something, having seen, you know, so it's, it's just, you got to get it very concrete. So we know that we actually perform what we set out to do. And when we do that, clients stay with us. So what has been some of the, uh, I guess, tipping points, would you say that kind of like, this is, this is the moment that you knew things were, were progressing and you were in good shape. I have a really recent tipping point. So, um, so my firm was Griffin and associates. That's what we started as in 1990. My name is Joni Griffin, very innovative Griffin and associates. (laughs) And my largest competitor for 25 of 30 years was a company HK advertising out of Santa Fe. And truthfully, they were as good as us and did very much the same types of work. And whenever we we competed, I was always up against them. Sometimes they won, sometimes we won, and I hated them. <laughs> so, you know, I'd be able to, I'd, I'd, we'd lose a proposal and I'd be like, oh, would you mind telling me who won? Oh, HK. <laughs> so, um, so this was January 29th of 2018. And you might be like, why do you remember that date? And I remember that date because it's my father's birthday. So um, January 29th of 2018, both HK and Sunny 505 do a ton of tourism advertising in the state of New Mexico. And I would say um, pretty much every community in New Mexico either had HK or Sunny 505. And we were summoned to a meeting with the Cabinet Secretary of Tourism to, to roll out the plans for the coming year. And we landed on the sidewalk at the exact same time. So an HK is a, was a husband-wife team, as well as their employees. Husband-wife named Vera and Dave and me. We, and we parked and we, boom, we were right there at the same time. Hug, hug. We've always been friendly competitors. Sure. And I just blurted out. And I do blurt. I'm from New York. And we blurt <laughs> and think later. And I just blurted, we should merge. And Vera gets this like weird look on her face. And um, we go in and have the meeting. And then we go to leave the meeting. And I'm like, hey, let's go to lunch. So we go to lunch. And Vera says, what do you mean we should merge? And I said, I don't know. I just said it. But we've spent 25 years competing against one another. We'd be a lot stronger if we were together. And she's like, yeah, whatever. So I came back and I told my partner, Desiree, that I had just had that conversation, which really pissed her off. She's like, don't you think if you're going to talk about merging, you should discuss it (laughs) with me first? And I said, I didn't even discuss it with me. It just kind of came. Anyway. Two weeks later, Vera called me. She said, no, really, let's talk about how this would be. 
And um, so we started talking about it. It seemed like it could really be a great idea. And so what we decided to do was go pitch some business together as, as Griffin and Associates and HK and see how it goes. Well, we did that and we started winning a ton of business because all of a sudden we were a bigger entity. At that point, I had eight employees and they had seven employees, you know, so we were very similar, Mm -hmm. uh, but now we were 15 people and now we have this broader bench. And so by June of that year, we decided to merge and then we decided, you know, what are we going to, what are we going to call ourselves? And we didn't want to be like some weird combo of our names. It wasn't going to be like Griff K or HN or (laughs) so. So we live in a very sunny part of the world. 505 is our area code. Okay. And I didn't want to be just New Mexico centric. So when we came up with sunny 505, I'm like, it's too, it's too New Mexico. Desiree, my partner said, well, why don't you Google 505 and see what it means? So I go, what does 505 mean in numerology? And what came back was it means something good's about to happen. Mm. So that became our name. We officially launched as Sunny 505 in January, January 1st of, of 2019. So we're just slightly over two years as the new company. And it has really changed everything, brought a new vitality to the firm, um, you know, different staff members. It's just sure. really energized us. So that's probably been my biggest recent tipping point that really, really made a difference. No, that's great. I'd love to talk a little bit more about that if you could. Um, tell me a little bit about the the process of merging two companies like that. So it's it was interesting. Um, so Dave and Vera at that point, I'm just trying to think three years ago. So they were 65 and 64 and had no um, exit strategy. And in the advertising world, as with many small businesses, there's what your company's worth on paper, and then there's what's anybody really going to pay you in reality. And, you know, I think a lot of advertising agencies hope that, you know, there'll be younger people will want to come in and buy them out, or you're going to have a kid involved. Or Anyway, all of their efforts over the years had failed. And so what we put together was a means for them to bring all of their business into Sunny 505. I pay them a piece of the profit of that business plus a consulting fee. And I took on all of their employees and all of the overhead and it has been fabulous. So they're working right now. Vera's working about seven hours a month. Dave works about probably 50 to 60 hours a month. So they're partially retired. They're still involved. They get to cherry pick the clients they want to work on. Mm. So that's been really, really, really great. And we road tested it for that year. So that year of 2018, and we had our, our various employees working together and it was really a great fit. We basically didn't skip a beat. It was unbelievable. Our systems were very compatible. Um, We were really lucky that it worked out as well as it did. But so going forward, as we're looking at, you know, the tipping point, one of the things that we're looking at now is other small ad agencies and they don't have to be in New Mexico necessarily Mm. that would maybe want to look at a similar type of experience. So you've got owners that would like to start to step back how do they do that and potentially bring them into the sunny 505, you know, empire. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So we're talking with other agencies and I, I'm finding that it's very typical because we all, you know, start and we think, Oh, some big company is going to buy us. And you know, the yeah. reality is, I don't know. It doesn't happen as much, especially when you're more of a local or a regional ad agency versus a big national or international firm. Yeah. Well, as somebody who obviously understands how important brand is and kind of tell me a little bit about the process of rebranding and then kind of letting everybody know 
this is who we are now because obviously for what it was 28 years, I guess well, at that was, time. Yeah. Yeah. So I was 28 and they were, let's see, they, they were 37. Yeah. So yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, well, we, we ended up, so, so we had five graphic artists that is what we have on our team. And we had five of them all kind of go into silos and create some, you know, we came up with the name. The name is very funny. Okay. So how that came up came mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. We were trying to, and the, the kind of the trend right now in ad, ad agencies is to have these kind of weird names. You know, back in the day, you always had an ad agency that was named after the principal, Griffin and Associates. Mm-hmm. HK started as Hayduck King, the two principals, and then mm-hmm. became HK. So, you know, we're trying to think of weird names. And um, yeah, I was driving with Desiree and I'm like, white stripe, see if white stripe ad agency <laughs> is taken. You know, red light, is that taken? You know, anyway, <laughs> it was like stupid. We could not come up with a name. I'm like, this is so ridiculous. This is what we do. And then Desiree and I were at a conference in May of that year in 2018. And I needed to get on the internet and, and it was on the room key. And I'm like, what? tell me what the, what the Wi-Fi password was. And it was Sunny956. And I was like, Sunny? That makes sense. So we have an office in Durango, Colorado, also very sunny, and Pensacola, Florida, also sunny. So mm-hmm. it's funny, really fit. And then the 505 started with the area code and then became something that's about to happen. So we had our, our graphic designers come up with different looks. We all voted. Um, we kind of got in the realm of the one that is now. And then I had the whole team work on it. And then we finally came up with this look and feel. And we decided that we were going to launch on January 1st of 2019. And so what Dave and Vera, Desiree and I did was we personally called each of our clients to let them know that effective January 1st, we were going to be sunny 505 and nothing was changing. In fact, everything was getting better that we've expanded. We now have 15 people. We've added all these services. And I mean, really the clients loved it. We did a big news announcement. We had some good press coverage and, you know, it took probably five months for people to get used to it. So, you know, in the beginning, we all had our separate emails that forwarded and on our website, it said formerly, you know, Griffin and Associates and on the HK, formerly HK, but um, yeah, it didn't take take long. So I don't think anybody really thinks about us anymore as Griffin and Associates or HK advertising. So it's good. Yeah. No, that's what I was wondering. Like you, when you have kind of a, of a legacy going where, <laughs> where your name is recognition for, for so long. Yeah. Uh, how do you get the word out? But it sounds like you guys were successful. Well, the other thing, you know, I think for both of us, you know, for, for the three of us that are the older partners, uh, Dave and Rhea, Vera and myself, Griffin and Associates was always a problematic name for me. Because at some point I do want to pass the baton. Mm. And mm. Desiree was always like, oh, you work with Joni. Oh, you know, because it was Griffin and Associates. Now gotcha. it's 7505. She's the president. So yeah. it's, it's a whole different feel. And I think that it, it's just more inclusive for all the employees instead of being, you know, I work for this person, which is really not what they do anyway. We work as a team. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. That's great stuff. And uh, before we wrap up, I want to make sure that you have a chance to tell folks where they can find you with the okay. website, things like that. Go ahead. So we're at sunny505.com is probably the easiest way. And um as far as our social media, if you go, it's at we are sunny five oh five. So, awesome. um, one other one other tipping point was the yeah, yeah. pandemic too. If, do we have, do we have time to talk about sure, that? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Please do. So, you know, with the pandemic, which we all thought was going to be a month, <laughs> started sure. to become longer. We work with a ton of nonprofits, all of whom make their money with their big annual events, which mostly start in May and run through the fall. 
And we ended up developing an expertise because we had to on, on producing virtual events. Who knew that was a thing? Mm-hmm. So that, that was really something. So Zoom, what you know, prior to the pandemic, we'd all probably been on one or two Zoom somethings. Um, I have three team members that really got certified in Zoom and how to produce <laughs> it and how to have these great events. And we've been helping nonprofits be able to stay successful through the pandemic since they can't have their big galas that they always have. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's significant. In fact, I, I'm involved with several nonprofits here that do major events. And in fact, uh, coming up and in, uh, in here in just a couple of weeks, we would have an event every year. This would have been my tenth year as the MC of this event, and we're not doing it now. It's all going to be virtual, and uh, it's just a weird, a weird yeah, thing. What are some ways, of the you know? There's ways you can do it to make it fun. I mean, the mm-hmm. big thing that I've seen for all the nonprofits is they don't make as much on the top line. But they don't have all the expenses. They're not renting a ballroom and serving dinner and having, you know, an auctioneer and paying talent. So bottom line, most of the events, most of the nonprofits are staying in the black. I mean, they're doing okay. So, um, but we've really learned you have to keep them really peppy. You have to keep it moving. You know, if you went to a rubber chicken dinner, you know, with cocktails and that, that's normally a three hour thing. Nobody's staying on zoom for three hours. No. <laughs> so we've kind of found the sweet spot is 40 to 45 minutes and it's got to be really high energy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's really cool. Thank I, I can't thank you enough for, for spending the time with me this afternoon and uh, being on our show. We appreciate it. Well, thank you. Again, sunny505.com is the easiest way to find us. So awesome. Have a great rest of your day. You too. And okay. we thank you for listening to another episode of What Makes Them Tip, innovations that change everything. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to our show, What Makes Them Tip, Innovations That Changed Everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arcalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arcalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.